So hey guys, another podcast. Excited to have Ian Pruckner with us today from uh, Michigan, in town for a little bit, hanging with us. We're, we're not going to have a topic today, we're just going to roll with it, maybe ask you a few questions. So obviously, you've built a great business, um, a lot of passive income, right? You, I mean, how many? how often are you in the field right now? I'm actually working again right now. Um, for the next uh, 18 months, I made an 18-month commitment to go back uh, kind of in the field. You know, I, I recruit people. I get them started very quickly, get them off to people that are probably better trainers than I these days, you know, with not being in the field for a number of years. Uh, but I think there's just such a great time to build right now. Honestly, uh, the momentum of the company, you know, you make a million dollars here now and you're just uh, an average Joe. And I think that the next 12 to 18 months, really between now and the convention, um, you know, so we date this podcast a little bit, but I think it's really a, um, a, a fantastic time to build. And so I think if you're smart, you're building a big base shop, you're promoting some RVPs and, uh, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team, right? If yeah. your base is down, your guys' bases are down, but when you're out there hustling and making it happen, it inspires them to go do the same. And so we're putting together one big final push between now and the dome, probably about six months after the dome. And then we'll reevaluate kind of where the team is then and see, you know, do we want to be uh, in the field at all? Do we want to kind of go back to out of the field and just running from calls and, and events? So I heard you a couple of things I want to hit on is um, several years ago, you, you obviously talked about simplifying things and duplicating fast. And you really kind of made, I remember being in your office in Michigan, and, and I think we were probably right around the this, this same income, five, six hundred grand or somewhere around then. And you guys within like 12 months, I feel like went from six to a million or 1.1 or 1.2. I know a lot of that was just the thinking and belief going to a different level. And I think maybe, and, and obviously I don't want to speak for you, but, but believe in it strong enough to then cast that vision to your team. I mean, tell me what a real, cause we have 12 months to the convention. I mean, tell me what goes into like a, a, a serious 12 month explosion. I mean, I can tell you really clearly because that's what I'm working on right now. And it's the same thing every time, no matter if you're brand new in the business or you've been around for a decade like me and have had some pretty, pretty good success. It's the same thing you got to do when you want to get it ramped up, right? Whether you're just starting or you're trying to add another million dollars a year to your income, which is what we're trying to do right now. It's the same things. I think step one is it comes with a commitment to do whatever it takes to make it happen, you know? And that doesn't get easier. It gets harder as you get bigger and bigger in the business sure. because less and less of your income depends sure. on you, right? Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. knock it off my couch and make a million dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. And so it's tough yeah, yeah. sometimes to say, hey, do I really want to go out here with a Subway sandwich artist who's going to tell me he needs to think about it? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, slap some more salami in that cold cut trio, <laughs> right? Okay. And uh, but, just, but you told me yesterday uh, you just did a one point. $2 million trade. Yeah. Right? Every, yeah. Every now and then. Every now and then a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, uh, but I think it starts with a commitment that you're going to do what you need to be doing. And, um, man, even the last 60 days, you know, I've been out on a few weekends late at night in the field training my people because I told him I would. I told him, you come to work with me and you're never going to see somebody work as hard for you as I will work. And so I think it starts with a serious commitment that you're going to do whatever it takes 
for the period of time you commit to, what I always did was I had periods of time. I had end dates and things that I was running towards and that helped me to pass the time. And I always knew in the back of my mind, like, hey, this isn't forever because when you're in beast mode, I mean, it's work, right? I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, I mean, you're on 24-7. You're working like mad. But to interrupt, part of that drive was you felt, feel like new people are counting on you. I mean, I mean, that's, that's that's part of the, the, the staying power of the drive, right? Is, is now that you've announced what you're going to do, right? I always tell people, God's not going to give you more people till you take care of the ones he already gave you, right? And a lot of guys, you know, they're not really, you know, they're, they're, it's not who they're looking for right now. They don't want to put in the work or the time or the effort in their people. I think that that's wrong. I think you got to work with who you have and you got to do the best you can with them. And then you've got to give them every opportunity to succeed. My buddy Jimmy Meyer always says, if you're going to be a bridge of hope, you better expect to get walked on. A lot of guys right. don't like yeah, that. Yeah, they think, yeah. well, I'm better than that. It's and true. I paid my dues. And, and the truth is you, we really haven't paid it's, our, when we go back to build, you're going to deal with a bunch of new people don't know what on earth is going on. They can't spell IRA, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're asking you all sorts of crazy stuff and uh, doing all sorts of crazy things, right? And that's just part of the, part of the territory. So I think step one, it comes with a, a commitment. I think step two, which really tied into step one is counting the cost of that commitment. You know, I remember coming back from the senior leadership meeting, we were just maybe right under 700,000 in income. And we had about nine months in front of us where we would be able to get to the million the fastest, right? And then after that, it would still be pretty cool, but it wasn't, you know, the fastest, right? And and so we called this play. And I remember going into our condo in Florida at the time, coming home from the senior leadership meeting and just saying, well, you know, what's wrong with you? What's going on because I was just a little quieter than normal and I really really felt strongly that we needed to put that run together but I knew simultaneously as well as it being very exciting the prospect of being able to add three four five hundred thousand dollars a year to your income in nine months and what that would mean and what it would mean for your team but you knew the price right and and see a lot of people in our business they're, they're pipe dreamers right okay they've got this vision but they have no concept of the cost and no commitment to the process And so when the price of the dream starts to be exacted from them, they fold, right? Because they thought erroneously that they would have that dream without the corresponding price. There's always a price. And so I think if you're serious about making a run and doing something really big between now and convention, you got to make a commitment, but that commitment comes with a commitment also to the cost, not just to the vision. And what's the cost, right? It's getting out there and getting uncomfortable. It's getting a lot of no's. It's dealing with a lot of the wrong people to find the right ones and having a fantastic freaking attitude the entire time, right? Okay. And never letting somebody see you down, being the energizer bunny, uh, and being that kind of that person that carries the emotional load and the emotional weight for the entire team. That person that says, all right, we're going here. Like it or not, this is where I'm going. And if you want to come, there's going to be unforetold riches and success. It's something that people can rally behind and that's got to come from you. So I think that's step two for people that want to make a serious run. And then step three is you just got to have massive action and massive accountability to back up that action. Because if you're anything like me, you probably don't want to do the things that you need to do to win, right? Like, I don't want to make phone calls any more than you. In fact, I probably want to make them less because it doesn't matter if I make them at all, right? Okay. Um, But 
you got to do it. So one of the things that we decided when we decided to make this 18-month run a few months ago, we're about two and a half months into it right now, is I decided I was going to get 40 directs in the year of 2018. I'd only done more than 39 in a year one time. as my very first year. did 71 my first year in business. My second year in business, we made 143000 bucks at age 24 with no business experience, right? And that was really the genesis of the business we built. And so I'd never done more than 39, so I'm going to do 40, okay? And then understanding myself and my shortcomings and my desire to think I want to do something until it starts costing me. So I told my guys, I said, all right, guys, listen, if I don't do 40, I'm paying 10 grand, five grand a piece to my top two personal producers this year, Recruits Times Premium. Number one, number two, if I don't keep my word, you can come get a $5,000 check from me at the end of the year. And just give me a little bit of incentive sure. to go out there and do. Well, you want to set the example. Yeah. yeah. And to do what I said I was going to yeah. do. Integrity. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, I remind them every so often of where I am. So right now, as of this recording, we're halfway through the year, a little more than halfway. I'm at 20 of the right 40. So, so I'm right where I need to be, which is good because I can probably pick up the second half of the year, right? And do more than 40. Um, but, you know, so many people are so scared to be accountable to anybody. They don't want anybody in their business. They say, I didn't come here for a job. Well, you ain't going to have a business and you'll be begging for a job. So let's talk about point three, because I think, so it's a volunteer army. People are 1099 independent contractors. And I feel like a lot of people back down from being that leader that says, listen, you told me you wanted to be successful. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to coach you. This is exactly what you... So describe when you went on that run. Was it more conference calls? Was it more contests? Was it more checking in with your key leaders? I mean, describe the accountability process. Well, that's that's great. So I want to back up... You can't help because... I mean, do do you force that on people that don't want to be accountable or are you just contrary to the ones that do want yeah, to be Yeah, that's good. So I'm going to back up from what you originally asked about the run and what did we do and I'm going to back it up to then what you just asked about. Like, can you force that on people, right? So I used to tell people there's three sorts of people. I now believe there are four sorts of people or at least I group my people into one of four sorts of people, okay? The original three that I thought, the first one, I call them very nice people. They love our business they're in our business for some reason other than to make money and be successful. They like our cause. They love our crusade. They love that we give average people a chance. They like the environment. I don't know what it is. I don't, I can't figure them out, but they're here for some reason other than making money and putting numbers on the board because they don't do either, but yet they stay around, right? And so those are, we call them VNPs, very nice people, right? And the second group is could be players. These are people that have the raw material that you think, man, with the right skill set and mindset, this person could be really, really great at our business. But their habits, their mindset and commitment are not yet there, right? And those people, they're projects, right? You got to move them from where they are to where they want to be. The third sort are players, okay? Players want to be told what to do and they want to be held accountable. Winners in business, players, they run towards accountability. They're the ones that seek you out and say, coach, listen, when I'm not doing what I need to do, I want you to be tough on me because I want to be where you are. And I'm not going to get to where you are without putting the thinking, the action, the belief, the behaviors in place. They got you there, right? Three sorts of people. I've now come to identify set four, which is the suspects, okay? So the suspects, these are the people who, you know, they're... um, they're kind of halfway between very nice people and could be players, right? They could be players, but 
they're real haphazard on meeting attendance and different things. They're shapeshifters, right? You ever seen Power Rangers, the putties, you know, they come out and they're like, right, okay, and they just shift into nothing, okay? That's how these people are, right? They come to the meeting for a couple of weeks and then you can't find them, right? But they swear they want to win, right? These are the people that quit our business. They swear they did everything they could in Primerica, right? And, and they didn't win. So that being said, you never ask a VNP, a very nice person, for numbers or accountability. Never, ever, ever. Under any circumstance, doesn't matter what you're, you're going you're, for. You push them away. Yeah, right. Because they don't. They're not here to win. They're here for the community. They're they here could, for the involvement. But they could maybe occasionally absolutely they trip decision, across different things. Yeah, trip across yeah they trip across people. Yeah. Here and there, right? Sometimes well, maybe really they make great a decision people. for whatever reason. Absolutely. Something happens. Yeah. Well, it's always, it's, it's something happens, right? For VNPs, the decision is going to be an externally forced decision. Something's going to happen with their job, their health, a family member. Something happens and it wakes them up, right? Okay. But you need to keep those people around and you do that by expecting absolutely nothing of them and treating like, treating them like dadgum heroes when they, you know, they recruit somebody, okay? And a lot of guys mess that up, right? They're like, come on, Tim, right? Let's go do it. And Tim's a VNP and all you're doing is pissing Tim off, right? Okay, <laughs> right? Because Tim doesn't want you to ask him. He doesn't want to be asked his numbers. He doesn't want to, what you got. He doesn't want you asking him how many people has coming to the meeting, right? Okay, could be players need activity-based accountability, not result-based accountability. So what does that mean? Right. So I'm going to ask Zach, I'm going to say, Zach, listen, you know, what do you think you could set today? Right. After I fire them all up, right. He's all fired up, man. You could be a winner, right? So Zach, listen, what do you think you could set today if you were really trying? And Zach tells me, I think I could do three. I said, all right, Zach, listen, I know you could do three. Why don't you, when do you think you need to have it set by six? Do you need a, a, what do you think? I let them pick. Right. Okay. I say, all right, call me back at eight. I never ask them for accountability on results. I only ask them for accountability on action because I know if I can get them moving that the results will come. Right. I mean, you got to be pretty bad at our business to be on 10 or 15 kitchen tables a week and not have people saying yes to you. Right. I mean, you got to be pretty bad at our business to be on three or four yeah. kitchen tables a week. You got to try to be that bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a skill, yeah. right? And some people are great at it. I mean, it's like the work they put in to develop yeah. that skill. It's really magical, right? But, but, um, but I asked them for, for activity based accountability. And again, the, the VIPs, the very important people, the players, right? Those are the guys you ask them results. about numbers. Hey, where are you at? What are you doing? And they're never going to be like, how come you only asked me where I'm at? He never says hi to me at the office. <laughs> and here are my feelings. That, the, the players don't care. They're here to play the game, yeah. right? And they think you're as crazy as you think those people are when they're not, they're not working, right? So, so big part is knowing your people and understanding them for who they are, yep. not who you wish them to be. <laughs> so, so I imagine uh, you've gotten pretty good at this. You almost have a pinger, like within how many minutes that you can kind of know, like which category maybe someone. Oh my in, gosh! Or, or does it happen over a couple of weeks or pretty quick? I mean, well, you know, the meeting in my in my opinion, the meeting is the litmus test. Right. If you're not coming to the meetings, you've told me all I need to know about you because what you think erroneously is I don't need skill sets and mindsets to win. I'm going to win with what I came here with. And that's highly unlikely. You, me, anybody, the greats yeah. in the business. That's we all had to learn. The things we learned out there in the quote real world didn't actually help us win in the actual real world of right. getting results. Right. right. 
So it says is I'm just way off in left field about what it's going to take to win here. And so therefore I'm in project land or I think my time is more valuable than your time. And the fact is, if you're not making a million dollars a year residually, I, I'm not being rude or arrogant, but it's just not. It's just not. And so if you have that misconception, then you've told me all I need to know about what it's going to be like working with you, right? Yeah. Okay. So the meeting is my first litmus test, right? Like that's, lots of guys are crazy about getting people into the field fast, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Come to the meeting. You show up to the meeting. Then we'll talk. These are my personal recruits. And I have people that are fantastic at getting them in the field fast. I think that's great. But they spend time building a lot of people that are not the right people, right? Okay. And so if you won't show up to win, then I'm not, you're not who I'm looking for on the team, right? right. So let me find somebody else who will. Um, you know, so that's really my litmus Which test. Which really not fair to the other people in the office Absolutely. that you're spending one on one time Why with. Why would I spend yeah. time with you yeah. if you're not coming to the meeting? Yeah. You know, I had somebody the other day, like, um, her mom got licensed. She really needs your time. I'm like, she hasn't been to a meeting in six weeks. There's no way on earth. I'm going to do that. She's like, well, she wants you to help her with her own sale. I'm like, send somebody else. Why would I help teach you how to make a sale if you're not going to come to the meetings? I mean, that's just pouring time down a black hole, (laughs) down a black, never to be seen from again, right? Okay. It's like robbery of our most precious asset, right? I'm doing everybody a disservice, not be looking for a winner. You're you're watching attendance like a hawk. I mean, always. I track it. I see it week to week, Tuesdays, Fridays. I watch the trends, right? And, and you can tell a lot about leaders by the attendance on their team, right? Okay. Cause speed of the leader, speed of the team. You can see who has vision, who's just going through the motions, who's exciting their people, who really gets it, right? Um, so going back to your first question, about what did we really do on our run to inspire that accountability. And the first thing I did is I went to my players, right? My full-timers, my RVPs. And we had an emergency call. I said, guys, listen, this is what I really feel like we're supposed to do right now. And honestly, it's a little scary to me because I know what it's going to cost. And I just laid it out. I said, listen, it's going to take our very best and then some, and it's going to be like, we're great sprinters. We can run it for a month end with the best of them, but we never done a two or three or a consistent drive. And we got to be on every day. There's not going to be any holidays. There's not going to be any breaks. There's not going to be any vacations, right? We're going to be on conference calls, probably two a days, morning and night, instead of just our morning stuff. We're probably going to be on on them on weekends. I'm going to ask you to push yourself further than you've ever gone before consistently. And it's going to be hard. And we might not get it done, but here's what I can promise you. For those of you who follow that process, you're going to get big and you're going to get big fast, right? And uh, and I just said, hey, listen, so here's what I need you to do. We're not going to do this unless I have a vast majority of you that say, coach, I'm in. Whatever it takes, whatever coaching you need to give to me, I'm in 100%. I'm not going to question. I'm not going to fight you on it. We're just going to go. We're going to run the play. He said, you know what? Shoot me a text. I don't want you to answer now. I want you to think about this a little bit and shoot me a text and let me know yeah, if you're in. you want a real commitment. Absolutely. Coach, I'm in. I'm in. And then the, the sucker's not at the meeting next yeah. to you. You can't find him again, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I wanted like, hey, I want you to think about this because once we jump in, okay, I'm going to be on you like crazy, right? Like any championship coaches to their sure, team, sure. by the way, Absolutely. right? Show me one 
team standing in the national championships whose coach doesn't look like a freaking maniac on cocaine yeah. on the sidelines <laughs> yes. about everything, yeah. right? Okay, that's what, that's what they look like. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to be like for you. And if you're a VNP and you just blow and smoke and you don't really want that, you need to let me know now so I don't call this play and try to take you to a place you don't want to go, right? And the text just flooded in, right? Like, coach, we're there, we're there. And uh, it was so funny. We had two RVPs quit during our run to a million, right? Who said, oh, yeah, yeah I'm in. And, and they weren't even in for their own future, let alone yeah. the goal, right? But it didn't matter because we grew so much. I mean, we doubled the organization in a nine-month period of time. And I think it's crazy. people have this misconception when the leader has this big goal that they think it in, in, incorrectly that it's about them. But it's really about all those leaders that their life and their business is completely different because you thought bigger. absolutely i mean what would your business look like if you didn't make that decision sure. i mean i i literally it's really morning, about them at that yeah, point for sure so and, and and it's hard for broke people to understand that because yeah. broke people are so fixated on money yeah really because of their lack of money it really consumes like every area of their life in every moment of their well, life. They're like, thinking it's like a disease. Right. Well, where am I going to yeah. eat today? Right. Yeah. They're like evaluating based on price. Right. Yeah. Like what clothes can I buy? How far can I go? Like sometimes I pull up to the gas pump. You see like $5 or eight. It wasn't like a weird amount and somebody filled it up. It was like, I got five bucks. I, and, and so broke people have this weird way of money coloring every thought and everything they think about. It bleeds into every area because they have a lack of it. They're forced to think about it all the time. And what they don't understand, what I found is most, most wealthy people think very little about money because it's not a decision making factor in most of their daily living. They, it's, it's a non issue, right? It's, it's non deciding. And so that's difficult for somebody to say, oh, you know, when they're struggling with money, like, oh, he's, you know, he's just trying to make extra money. And that for me wasn't really the case at all, right? It, it was more a to say we did it. Right. And that we had this title of being the fastest to do it. Um, then it was about the money. I mean, honestly, your life doesn't change all that much from making $60,000 a month to $85,000 a month. I mean, it's just not that different. You just got a bigger pile left over yeah. at the end of the month, but you still had a pretty big pile left over sure. before, right? What it really is about is about watching your people go to the levels that you know they're capable of, but right. they don't yet know they're it's capable of. It's the person of. they become. Absolutely. And because ultimately for them to change their life in the same way, sooner or later, they're going to have to do what you did. They're going to have to have a vision, cast that vision, rally people and call greatness out of them. And how are they going to do it in any other way, but by watching you do it, right? And literally this morning from your house, I was on a full-timers conference call and, and you know, I'm on this 18 month run. I'm two months in and my guys are getting ready to rock. I mean, people are going to listen to this next six months. They're going to see, right? Like this is not my first rodeo. I've moved an organization a few times to some pretty, pretty big goals. And this time is going to be bigger and faster than it's ever been before. And I literally told them this morning, Ben, I said, well, you guys have three things I didn't have. Right. And Cause I'm, t I'm talking to him about, I want two of my guys at a million before convention. My highest paid guys are at three right now. I'm a mile wide and an inch deep. Right. Okay. And I'm like, look, there's two of you that can be there in the next 12 months. You go from 300 to a million in the next 12 months. Why? Th three things. Right. Okay. The first is you got a pathway. Right. Sure. I've shown you sure. exactly how to do it. 
You watched and participated. They know the price. They know the numbers. Exactly. They've got a pathway. Number two is they've got a process. So like I had to figure that all out. God bless my upline. He's a fantastic friend of mine. He is one of the greatest personal salespeople in all of our business. But he couldn't create a system of his life dependent on it right. that somebody else could follow, right? And so you guys have great systems, right? Right. So, so I had nobody really above me other than Bill Arender, who I'm a seventh to, lives fifteen hundred miles away, doesn't make a nickel off me, right? Who been making big money since the earth cooled. So I never watched anybody do that, right? I had to figure out the process by which to execute to create a million dollar income. I had not seen that, right? And Assad went there on the way, but largely because of Sure. The decision we had made to go there, right? So they had a pathway, they had a process, and number three is they had some precedent, right? That we had set a precedent that you can take your income from when you, what you referenced at the beginning of our talk today is you guys, you and Sam were at my office when we were at 350. We weren't at 600, we were at 350,000. And in about 15 months, we went from 350,000 to 1.1 million in income in like 15, 16 months. Yeah. I mean, it was Yep. It was crazy yep. what happened, but it was a decision and a bunch of a bunch of so, work ethic. So let's end with that. So you know, one of the things I feel like you're a master at is is breathing belief into people, and it's so important in our business because they come in here with all this head trash, and you know they they've got this really really bad thinking, and someone needs to pour that into them before they really believe in themselves. So the fact that you're bringing it up to these two guys or three, however many people it is, the fact that listen, you can do this. Uh, you we have the systems in place, we have the processes. You've just seen us do it. Um, you're better than me. You're just as good, whatever the conversation's like. Talk about like how important that is. Um, that's a lot of what you do on your calls and the different things. All of what I do on my yeah. calls. So Napoleon Hill in his book, Outwitting the Devil, says something really, really profound that's never left me since I heard it the first time. He said, seasons come and go as they always do. The only things that change are the minds of men. And so when you stop and think about that, he says, the you know, sun is always going to rise in the east and set in the west. There will always be fall after summer and winter after fall. And it's always been and will always be that way. So most things in the world operate in constancy. The only things that change are the minds of men that change the outcome of it. And so um, that really, really is something that stuck with me that, I mean, and you can see it all the time on a micro level. You see a guy who's a killer starts getting in his own head. I mean, you see it in sports all sure, the time absolutely. when people get in slumps yeah, yeah, and different yeah, things. I mean, yeah. these guys are the greatest athletes yeah. In the world. So and they're still susceptible. So mental, yeah. They're still susceptible to becoming minor league players or worse if they don't control those, you know, four inches between their ears, right? And so that's all I talk to my guys about. It's my job to set the emotional and mental state of the team. And so people don't get this, but it starts with you, right? When you become a leader, you give up the right to be negative. You give up the right to doubt, right? Like... Do I have doubts sometimes? Sure. But I understand that doubt will kill my people. But they, they wouldn't know it. Yeah. They would never know it because I'm in charge of eradicating that, right? And and just like you, yeah, I'm a human being, right? I'm not a primarica robot yeah. like a lot of people <laughs> seem to think, right? Okay. But I'm a person too. And I have worries and doubts and different things sometimes. But one thing that I've learned how to do better than most is to control my mental state and to understand 
truth from non-truth, right? You call that head trash, right? Okay, who said that? Why am I thinking that thought, right? Okay, and when I identify that that's a thought that's not true or is not helpful to me, I'm pretty good at eradicating. And if I'm not, I'm pretty darn fast to pick up the phone and call a mentor and say, hey, listen, Ben, this is what I'm thinking right now. I don't think it sounds right. It probably doesn't sound right to you. Correct my thinking. And I've got some people that I go to that I trust that are further than me, have won for a longer period of time, bigger than I've won, that I bring that to the moment I sniff it out. And that's where most guys fail. They start getting a little negative. They start getting a little seed of doubt and they just let it grow. And all of a sudden, two, three, four, five weeks later, that's another key quality to be able to humble yourself and ask for help. I don't know it all. Yeah. I didn't get here, right, by myself. I'm like a turtle on a fence post, right? I didn't get here myself. Somebody put me there, and it was the minds and the thinking of the leaders that I trust, right, okay, is is you're not really fit to lead people to your great follower and and to the people that I've given that position in my life. I mean, there's very little that they would tell me to do that I would ever even question because I respect who they are, the life they've lived. These aren't people winning a little bit. They're people winning a lot. These aren't people winning now. They're people who've been winning for decades, right? They're, they have proven themselves. And so what what sort of uh, right do I have as some punk kids just been winning for a little while to think I know better, right? They've sure. been around the block a little bit. And so I, again, going back to your original question, like how important is it? You know, your people borrow your belief. And there's a crisis of belief Absolutely. in America. Crisis right? of leadership, too. Absolutely. Well, because you're told, you know, you came out of primordial scum yeah. and your molecules spontaneously combusted and there's no reason you're here. It's just all a big accident. And, um, right? And I mean, it really does start at that level, right? If, if you're just a big accident, there's no reason you're here. There's nothing beyond your time here on the planet what does it matter what you do why don't you just do whatever you feel right when you don't care where you're going any path will do just do whatever do ever and no consequence right and and so then you get into real life and you realize like that sounded good but that ain't really how it works right and and um and you get here and you don't believe in yourself because you've been told you're not worth anything you just you evolved out of nothing you're an ape basically right And, and um and so, you know, no wonder people don't believe in themselves. They don't yeah, believe or, they're here yeah, for a purpose. Or bad parenting or bad coaching or any or bad number influences of things. around them. Yeah. yeah, any number of things, right? People well-meaning yeah. but have never won sure. in that area, right? And it's like the blind leading the blind, right? Yep. Broke are always taking financial career advice from people just as broke <laughs> as them, right? Like it's going to help them. Like, like, bro, you're just as broke as me. What could you possibly know? Right? It just reinforces their already, their similar mindset, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, so you got to speak into those people and, and give them a different perspective, and and uh, and you got to win first, right? Because a lot of people try coaching folks, and they're not they're not the coach yet. They're still the coached. They're still the player. They sure. got to go play the game, yeah. put some runs on the board, earn some credibility uh, to get out there. So one last thought as we wrap up this podcast: we got twelve months to the convention. I know you went over uh, uh, certainly enough for people to take from and use and implement because that's the key thing. Applied knowledge is what matters. But if any parting words as we've got twelve months to the convention, and really, I, I believe it's it's never been better in terms of the opportunity and, and where the company's positioned and the, and the success that people are having. Uh, any last words? Yeah, I think um, I think if you knew the moment, you would take 
a hint from the biggest big leaders. A lot of my buddies haven't had base shops in a long time or back in the base shop, building the base shop. I'm back building the base shop. There's a reason for that. And that's because we think that the moment is really now. It's kind of cliche, right? You hear that all the time. 1990 is the moment is now, right? Okay. <laughs> but, but I, I really do think that the, that the moment is now for lack of better words. I mean, you know, the, the time, I just think you're going to build so much in the next 12 months. I mean, there will be hierarchies built, really Ridiculous. hierarchies built. Yep. Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And and you put them in and you solidify them at the convention. I mean, there's going to be a lot of big decisions made at that event, right? And if you're smart. You want to head into it with momentum. Yeah. If you're smart, you got that booked and you've already made a, a decision, have a vision of how many people you're going to get there. And you're just working all year towards it. And remember this, right? You got to have a big vision. Your vision's got to be big enough for your people's vision to fit inside. People don't care where you are. They care where you're going. And so what's your vision for the next 12 months? And get a bold, audacious, unreasonable vision for what you're going to accomplish. How many offices are you going to have open in the next 12 months? How many hundreds of people are you going to have coming to your meetings? How many diamond levels are you going to jump? You say, I'm not even an RVP. I'm a district leader. Hey, how many RVPs are you going to have in the next 12 months? And begin to speak that out because what you talk about, sure. you so bring true. about. Your yeah. words are creating your world and your words are creating the vision which other people are going to attach themselves to. So think big, talk big, walk big, and make some big decisions now. Make the commitment, count the cost, take massive action towards it. 12 months going to pass before you know it. Awesome. Hope that helps, guys. Will it take me Smoking weed in the street without cops harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue behind my waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters.